I'm not 
minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. שחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה. לפעמים מרגישים שהחיים כל כך קשים, מה יהיה עוד יום עוד שנה? אבל אני מחייך, לא דואג להמשך, כי יש לי, יש לי אמונה.
Thank 
Thank you. 
JM in the AM. Boy, we play great music, don't we? We really do. <laughs> Friday morning on this May the 18th, the 4th of Sivan. Sometimes you have to reflect on the good work you're doing, you know what I mean? And we really, we've got some great music selections going, I can tell you that much. Um, such as Gershon Veroba with Bayoma Who, you just heard that one. Before that, Amra Madar. He had the song Bowie Kala. Mashkimim was Ohad, Avremel had Maslume Chadash, Lachadodi done by Isaac Bitone and Raya Mehemna. Yaakov Shweki's Ma'amin, and of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Friday morning on this day 48 in the counting of the Omer, six weeks and six days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos Parshas Bamidbar. After Shabbos, we go straight into the holiday of Shavuos. In Israel, a one-day holiday. Outside of Israel, a two-day holiday. So outside of Israel, we will have a Yom Tov. We will have a holiday until Monday night. And um, and then we're back to a regular normal schedule, so to speak, starting early Tuesday morning here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Candle lighting on this Erev Shabbos Parshas by Midbar here in New York. 749. 749, your official candle lighting time. And on the holiday of Shavuos... We, of course, read Megillat Rut. And don't forget, on the second day of Yom Tov, for those outside of Israel, we say Yisker in Israel, of course. They say it on the one day of Yom Tov. 62 degrees outside, 96% humidity, winds northeast at 7. A break from the rain today, but cloudy weather with a high of 63. Then rain late tonight. Looks like Shabbos will be the rain day, or the worst rain day, I should say, for those who consider rain to be bad. You know what I mean. Um Rain uh, uh, tomorrow, Shabbos, with a high temperature of 60. Yerushalayim right now at 90 degrees. We're at 62 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM. Well, the holiday of Shavuos is right around the corner. As we said, uh, Sunday and Monday. That'll be the um, the official days of the holiday. Wishing everybody an amazing and incredible Shavuos. By the way, don't forget next week. Our uh, our fundraiser for JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network and the Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting is in full swing. You should be receiving in your mail a um, a letter detailing uh, just how important it is to um, just how important it is to support us for yet another amazing year here at uh, at the Nachum Siegel Network. And I hope you'll respond in a very positive fashion. Also, those of you who'd like to make a preemptive contribution at the uh, website, you go to fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, and that's uh, one way you could do it. And um, next week, we'll be in full swing. Next week, we'll be in full swing asking everybody to help us get the word out to make this year's fundraiser a big, big success. And in advance, I say... Thank you. Thank you to all of you. Big Friday here at JMN. Malcolm Holine is going to join us. He is, of course, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll be here coming up at JMN at about 7.40 Eastern Time. Uh, Rabbi Yudin, he'll uh, take care of the Torah portion of the week and all of our regular, uh, all the regular features you'd expect here on a Friday morning Erev Shabbos. All right, so there you have it. We are set for uh, for more great music and another 
wonderful and incredible show. This is the, uh, I think I have this in the, uh, do I have this in the database? I believe I do. This is the Shavuos medley that Uncle Maishi released on uh, on uh, Jewish holiday favorites years ago. As we wish everybody a wonderful Shabbos and a great upcoming holiday of Shavuos. And thanks for tuning in to the Nahum Siegel Network and JM in the AM. Yom Tov of the year. It's time to celebrate the day that Hashem gave us the Torah on Har Sinai and all of the sweet mitzvos that we do every day of the year. On Shavuos, we stay up and learn, eat milchik foods, read the story of Rus, and celebrate the gift of the Torah. Ki <laughs> Take 
In the golden voice, in the heilige voice, Gicher, Gicher, come here. What has a jingle? Set sich away. Hör sich zu mit Kopf und sag mit mir. Komm mit Telefon. Komm mit Telefon. Komm mit Baseball. Komm mit Baseball. Komm mit Gimmelgo. Komm mit Gimmelgo. Komm mit Dolly. Oh, that's so you can learn in English. Oh, you ring it. So no, come on with me. Come with telephone. Come with telephone. Come with baseball. Come with baseball. Fine, fine. Come with Gimel Go. Come with Gimel Go. Come with Dolly. Oh, that's so you can learn in English. Gedenk teure. Heute ist die beste Schäure, Gedenkingele, Teure. Ei, Teure, die beste Schäure.
J.M. and the A.M. Oh, yes. Safam with Talmud Torah in honor of the holiday of Shavuos, of course, which is uh, quickly upcoming. Tomorrow night, it'll be the holiday of Shavuos. Um, Friday morning broadcast on this era of Shabbos Parshas Bamidbar here at J.M. and the A.M. And... Um, Tomorrow night begins the one-day holiday of Shavuos inside Israel, a two-day holiday of Shavuos outside Israel. So for us, uh, the next time you'll hear from us will be Tuesday morning uh, at the beginning of JM and the AM. Malcolm Holine is going to join us. He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll be with us for the weekly update here at JM and the AM. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, before the uh, Talmud Torah selection from Safam, Leif Tahar had Shiru Lamelech. Torah is the best of from Avremel, Avram Free, Torah Akadosha from Vizosa Torah, and Uncle Moshe had the Shavuos medley off of Jewish holiday favorites. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Golly, it's on the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up. Malcolm Honline. Weekly update will be happening uh, later on in the 7 o'clock hour. What else is happening? We did some Torah selections in honor of the Torah holiday of Shavuos that's upcoming. Galei Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday next to Jam there. Galei Tzal, Asha'a 2, Kan Ufek Albert, Im Mashikore Akshav, Gal Srefot Berachavea Aritz, Bikvot Srefa Gdola, Bezor Amushav Bareket, Toshebe Amushava Samur, Givat Kuach, Mefunim Batihem, Enivgain, Lamakom, Huz Neku, Metose Kibui, Bishunat Silwan Birushalain, Parza Srefa, Bemachsan Amus Schora, Mefaket Sevet Lohomea Esh, Nifga Berachkal, ומחסן אני מבקש מכולם, מכל האזרחים, לא להדליק אש מיותרת, להיזהר, מזג האוויר מאוד מאוד בעייתי, הטמפרטורות גבוהות ויש רשות חזקות. אנחנו לוחמי האש מתמודדים עם שרפות רבות בכל רחבי הארץ. תמו תפילות יום השישי בהר הבית, המשטרה ארוחה בכוחות גדולים עקב צפי מוגבר לאלימות. כתבתנו מיכל צ'ין. עד כה לא נרשמו עימותים אלימים חריגים בין המתפללים לכוחות הביטחון על הר הבית, אבל שוטרי משטרת ישראל וחיילי מג"ב פרוסים בכוחות מתוגברים. כ-80 אלף בני אדם הגיעו היום לתפילות יום שישי הראשונות של חודש רמדאן. העצירים הסמוכים לעיר העתיקה חסומים לתנועה, והיפתחו בהדרגה בשעות הקרובות. 
האיחוד האירופי החל בגיבוש צעדים להגנה על חברות אירופיות הסוחרות עם איראן, כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. בתגובה על הכרזת נשיא ארצות הברית טראמפ על פרישה מהסכם הגרעין והטלת עיצומים חריפים על איראן, הודיעה המועצה האירופית על פתיחת הליך רשמי שימנע מכל חברה אירופית להתיישר עם העיצומים האמריקניים. עם פרישת הנשיא טראמפ מההסכם תקפו מרבית מדינות אירופה את ההחלטה והבהירו כי יישארו בהסכם הגרעין שאותו הגדירו הכרחי. הטרור החקלאי במדינה, 200 עצי בננה צעירים שהיו אמורים להניב פרי בשנים הקרובות, הושחתו במהלך הלילה במטעים של קיבוץ אשדות יעקב איחוד. הנה מנהל המטעים של הקיבוץ, אורן ראובני. ניתן לראות פה נצר שנפגע ונחתך באופן מכוון. אם נסתובב נראה עוד הרבה מאוד כאלה. זה מטע צעיר שהמשמעות של זה היא כבירה. כתבנו גיא ורון מציין שהנזק מוערך ב-100 אלף שקלים לפחות, המשטרה פתחה בחקירה. תחזית מזג האוויר היום שרבי בכל אזורי הארץ. אלה החדשות שעורכת לי עמרם אילת, בצוות איטיאל דינר ואופיר ברוך.
if the pub is not the best place to learn the Torah, so the car is where I go. Me is my friend, we go driving in our sable with schlock rock on the car stereo. We get some information and we strengthen our conviction from beginner to advance. Now walk on the land, stop, keep on giving a barbell. No need to leave it to chance, cause now I'm thinking this world we know is upside down. Money revered and integrity on the ground. You need something to believe. Don't be lazy, you'll hear me saying, God, we haven't talked so much. Can't wait any longer. Some Jewish history. Abraham followed your lead. Abraham followed your lead. Mm-hmm. How to be a Torah Jew? Keeping kosher and Shabbat too. Love your neighbor just as you. All the rest is commentary. They've all said that we were doomed, but the twelve tribes just come through every day, uncovering the secret too. How to be a Torah Jew?
I get up every morning and open up the hada. Some days I fly right through it. Some days it's really tough. Seven and a half years, the cycle soon will end. We'll all be Messiah, then begin again. From Amos I called in to Elehalachois. Zira imo yed nahashim, nezikin kachim tarois. The shisha sidarim of Toira shel balpe. Shachiyahanu lasban hazeh. All around the world, a new daf every day. It's our link to the Ripoinoi Shelloi love. Our Mesoida from Harsinai, a gift to you and me. Tamitahoida Kineget Kula. All around the world, a new daf every day. It's our link to the Ripoinoi From Harsinai, a gift to you and me. Tamata Hoida, Kineget Kula. Some people learn in Yiddish, in English, or in French, in Russian, and in Spanish, or Lushoin Hakoidesh. On tapes and sheer by phone, on a subway or a plane, in yeshiva shul, the office or at home. The siyum, a special gathering, talmidim of every age, a culmination of so many years, learning just one page. In Rav Meir Shapiro's footsteps, his dreams, his hopes are pure. Gather all our strength. We begin the shots once more. All around the world, a new daf every day. It's our link to the Ripoi Noi Shelloi Our Messoida from Harsinai. A gift to you and me. I'm a toy dog in a get All around the world, a new daf every day. It's a link to the ribbon I shall you love. I'm a soda from Harsinai. A gift to you and me. I'm a toy dog And when we say the Hadrin and stand to thank Hashem for the privilege of being Messiah, we ask that in this merit 
May Hashem bring us back home. Hashem yevodeh es ahmoi v'shalom. All around the world, the new daf every day. It's a link to the liboy noy shelayinah. Our mitzvah from Hashinah. A gift to you and me. Have a tight up, can I get too J.M. in the A.M. Big thank you to our music director, Mark Zamek, who uh, reminds me of uh, some of the selections that have to be part of an Erev Shabbos, Erev Shavuos show, of course. So big thank you to Mark. Uh, that's uh, from the Vizosa Torah album. Torah, Torah is the name of that uh, selection. Schlock Rock with Torah Jew. Torah Tziva by Moshe Yes. Yomi Lowy had Moshe Kibel. Friday morning broadcast, J.M. in the A.M. on this 
Erev Shabbos Parshas Bamidbar, candlelighting at 749 here in New York. 749. Uh, the holiday of Shavuos starts tomorrow night with Megillat Rut and Akdamus. Yisker, the second day of Yontif. Obviously in Israel, it's uh, on the only day of Yontif, Yisker. And I thank you all for tuning in and celebrating uh, Erev Shabbos and Erev Yom Tov with us here at the JM and the AM. Um, today is day number 48 in the counting of the Omer, 48. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Again, it's 48. That's the, uh, that's the big number, so to speak. A <laughs> couple of things, a couple of reminders. Um, a couple of reminders here. First of all, a big shout-out to um, the Women's Initiative at the OU. Uh, there are a bunch of uh, speakers who are being sponsored by the Women's Initiative and their host synagogues around the country for this um, Shabbos and Shavuos. And I'm talking about places uh, all over. Uh, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, up in Canada, Massachusetts, um, Michigan, Texas, so a big shout-out to uh, all the synagogues and uh, all the um, lecturers, all the all the ladies who are going to be addressing the synagogues over the holiday of Shavuos, part of the Women's Initiative at the Orthodox Union. Information, go.ou.org slash Shavuot. Is that Shavuot 5? I think it's Shavuot 5, if I'm not mistaken. Gotta check that out. Um go.ou.org slash Shavuot, S-H-A-V-U-O-T. And I believe that uh, that is a five, but I'll check it out. It's a growing list of synagogues that are hosting women speakers for Shavuos. And you can check it out online. Again, we will uh, check that out ourselves in just a moment. Um, I want to remind you that the, uh, the our friends at OHEL and the big OHEL OXC Classic up at Camp Cayley, they've got their last hurdle before next week. Remember, it's a week from Sunday. It's a week from Sunday. And their last hurdle is as follows. If they reach 500 participants, again, if they reach 500 participants, an anonymous family foundation is donating $100,000. Reason enough to join. Yes. reason. There are a million other reasons, trust me. (laughs) A million other good reasons. But reason enough to join. Um, again, they reach 500, an anonymous family donation of, um, family foundation donation of $100,000. Go to ohelloxc.org, ohelloxc.org for information, ohelloxc.org. And to get all the info and to get ready to participate. Congregation Shomrei Amuna this Wednesday in Englewood, New Jersey has a 25th yard site of the Rav commemoration with both Harav Herschel Schachter and Rabbi Menachem Ginak speaking. That's at the Shomri Amuna on Huguenot Avenue in Englewood, New Jersey, this coming Wednesday night, beginning with Mincha at 7.55. Information, contact the OU or contact Congregation Shomri Amuna. And a reminder that the young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills, this Shvuis, has their annual Dr. Simon Lopata Shvuis Forum. This Monday, the second day of Yontif, right after Mincha at 7 p.m., They will address the issue of yeshivos refusing secular education, the legal and social implications. This is happening this Monday, second day Shavuos, at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills. 
Daniel Rosenthal of the New York State Assembly, Debbie Spiro from Israel on the impact in Israel, overview by Yoel Schoenfeld of the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills, and the moderator by Stuart Verstendig uh, for the event. Again, it's this Monday after Mincha, 7 p.m., second day Yontif. Check it out at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills. More coming up. Malcolm Honeline is going to join us and plenty more. Again, I want to thank Mark Zamek. He reminded me that this, this passage is in this week's Haftorah. Here it is at JM in the AM.
jump, jump, carry, carry, big toe rock. We're gonna dance the whole day long. Here on Sim Torah, we're having so much fun with our flags and apples, dancing with everyone. Jump, jump, carry, carry, big toe rock. Dance with it near, dance with it far. Jump, jump, carry, carry, big toe rock. We're gonna dance the whole day long. From the very beginning, Reshis bara. Listen to the laning from the big Torah. Jump, jump, carry, carry, big Torah. Dance with it near, dance with it far. Jump, jump, carry, carry, big Torah. We're gonna dance the whole day long. So many stories in the parshios. From Adam to Moshe and Aaron, the Avos and Imahos. Jump, jump, carry, carry, big Torah. Dance with the near, dance with the far. Jump, jump, carry, carry, big Torah. We're gonna dance the whole day long. When we get to the ending, the Zos Start again at the beginning of the big Torah. Jump, jump, carry, carry, big Torah. Dance with the deer, dance with the bar. Jump, jump, carry, carry, big Torah. We're gonna dance the whole day long. Jump, jump, carry, carry, big Torah. From an album entitled Kid Zimra, that's called Big Torah. Friday morning, JM and the AM, day 48 in the counting of the Omer on this era of Shabbos Parshas by Midbar. Just got an amazing call from our good friend Marvin Rosenzweig. He told me that there are a lot of families celebrating this morning, including the Portman, Ostrow, Hirschberg, and Rosenzweig families. Avi Hirschberg of Englewood, New Jersey, and Hanabela Rosenzweig of Hillside, New Jersey. They are a very recently engaged couple, and where did this happen, the moment this occasion? In the hills of Jerusalem. That's right, they got the big news from the Holy City uh, yesterday, and uh, we get to share it with everybody. So Mazel Tov, Avi Hirschberg, and the entire Hirschberg family in Englewood, Hanabela Rosenzweig, and the entire Rosenzweig family in Hillside. Mazel Tov on the engagement on this Erev Shabbos, Erev Shuz from all of us here at JM in the AM. Friday morning broadcast, plenty more coming up. Malcolm Holmline around the corner with the weekly update. And as I said, plenty more. And remember, today's our final day of broadcasting before Tuesday. Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. Eastern time, we pick things up again. Today, you'll be listening to an amazing encore presentation of Table for Two with Naomi Nachman at 9 o'clock. At 10 o'clock, the Erev Shabbos music show with uh, Mark Zamek. At 1 p.m., Harry Rothenberg with his Parsha blog, or vlog, I should say. Uh, that's going to be at 1 p.m. today on our uh, network. And, of course, the Arab Shabbos music mix all the way until candle lighting time. All brought to you by our friends at Kedem, the Royal Wine Corporation. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. <laughs>
A lot of great Torah selections, no doubt about that. On this Erev Shabbos, uh, essentially Erev Shavuos, here at JM in the AM. This one from Michal Przansky. Simply entitled, Torah. Before that, the Shira Chadasha Boys Choir with Torah Hashem. Friday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. I want to wish a happy anniversary to uh, Devora and the Yassi Leitner in Brooklyn, New York. Their uh, wedding anniversary uh, tomorrow, both on the secular and Jewish calendar on Erev Shavuos. How do you like that? So we, we uh, wish a uh, happy anniversary to the Leitners from all of us here at JM and the AM. Day 48 in the counting of the Omer, six weeks. Six days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Uh, next time we'll broadcast a, a regular full day. will be Tuesday. Uh, once today ends, after our Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix later on, uh, Tuesday morning, 6 a.m., maybe some bonus time, bonus JM, uh, I don't know, about 5.30 or so, Tuesday morning. That'll get us started in a brand new short week for us here at the Nachum Siegel Network. By the way, first Sunday in June, don't forget, celebrate Israel Parade. And uh, aside from the selfish reasons we want you there, we want you tuned in because we'll be broadcasting from there. Uh, much more importantly, it is an amazing opportunity to show support for the state of Israel, especially at this time. We see what people are saying and uh, falsely accusing Israel of. Uh, so it'll be wonderful to have you on Fifth Avenue with your family and friends. Start planning first Sunday in June. Celebrate Israel Parade. Let's make it a big, big showing. And let's continue this uh, this push to demonstrate to the President of the United States um, appreciation for the support he has given to Israel and to Jerusalem, especially during this amazing and incredible week. Uh, I want to remind you that our friends at OnlySimchas.com, OnlySimchas.com, continue to utilize our content for uh, their amazing news feed, not just Simcha news, but other news as well that you'll find intriguing from around the Jewish world. Log on every single day to OnlySimchas.com. And guess what? It's a three-day yuntiv. I know I'm not allowed to say that. I've been criticized by the listeners. It's a one-day Shabbos and two-day yuntiv coming up outside of Israel. A golden opportunity to catch up on some of the important uh, uh, articles and news items of the day. So here's our recommendation. Today at some point, before 7.49 candlelighting time in the New York area, Go to jewishworldreview.com and print, I don't know, hundreds of articles of uh, interest uh, uh, to the Jew- uh, regarding the Jewish world and Israel and Torah, etc. It's all at jewishworldreview.com. Uh, 
And you'll have plenty of time, hopefully, to uh, catch up and uh, educate uh, yourself and all of us regarding uh, what's happening in Israel and the Jewish world. So thank you to JewishWorldReview.com. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations and joins us on this Friday, Erev Shabbos at JM and the AM. Mr. Honline, welcome back to JM and the AM. Yes, good morning. Hope everything went well in Riverdale, New York. It was great. They were wonderful people, wonderful turnout, had some great neck everywhere. And in Lakewood. Oh boy, you're getting around, to say the least. I got a visa. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Well, a big week. On Monday, we were wishing everybody a Yom Embassy Sameach. We thought it was uh, as worthy a uh, a celebratory day as any other great day in modern Jewish history. Uh, Malcolm, what were your impressions when you saw the ceremony, the uh, the incredible unveiling of the brand new U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem? Well, I think that it was, uh, we were witnesses to history. I had the privilege of seeing it in the White House where they had a special event uh, in um, and put up on big screens and had Congress members of Congress and others invited. Uh, and it was uh, certainly a celebratory atmosphere, people recognizing the historic nature of that moment and the fulfillment of, uh, the, the, of a commitment by the president, but more importantly, of the legislative intent of the members of Congress in 1995 to move the embassy to recognize Jerusalem and to, to do, as Israel's capital, and that an historic injustice was, was righted. Nothing changed on the ground. The next morning, everybody woke up and realized that everything that had been said uh, was true, that we, this was not prejudging anything. This was simply establishment of, of a fact that the United States recognizes Jerusalem, is in West Jerusalem, and that an existing building, in fact, was, was used to, uh, to be the temporary uh, housing of the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem, although, the, as I said, the vast majority will, would stay in Tel Aviv because it will take many years to build a facility that would accommodate so many people and the, the various functions that are fulfilled there. And, and note that afterwards, there were no demonstrations in the Arab world except for the PA and, uh, and people now saying that Hamas and the demonstrations in Gaza, were not, which were not related to it or, or, or attributing it to it, it's not true. You know, they can say that it was exacerbated by it, but even that, I think, is a stretch because we now know how organized these were and how much preparation went into it, how they uh, um, used new tactics. So it was unrelated to the move of the embassy. This was... Uh, um, demonstrations and things that were planned uh, before we knew what day the embassy move would even take place. Right, understood. Uh, but well, but they didn't just luck out. Once it was announced, I'm sure they they stepped up their their target their target. I'm sure they stepped up the efforts and recruited more and funded more and you know tried to make it as uh, as violent as possible. Well, people have different uh, elements had different motivation here. I do not believe that the, the embassy, had the embassy not been moved, that we would not have had these demonstrations in the same intensity. This was Iran 
pouring money into Hamas to do this because it's a diversion. Hamas wanted the diversion because of the internal situation. Gaza is so has deteriorated so much, and, and the economic situation, etc. So they, you know, pulled attention away from the realities that people face day to day and try to get them deflected onto this event. And yet the turnouts were consistently much lower, less than half of what they had anticipated, and dwindled most of the time until they were busing people. And, and in a uh, particular order where they would have uh, demonstrators, people who came to express their frustrations, whatever, near the border first, then behind them what could be called the rioters, you know, the people they knew would, would be engaged in more uh, violent expressions, and then behind them were the Hamas guys shooting and, and uh, firing at, at the Israeli soldiers, knowing that they would draw the fire back on them. Uh, and because the Israelis... Uh, snipers were so effective that they could pull off uh, and take out the guys who were really responsible, even though the Hamas then admitted that the vast majority, 50 out of the 60 killed on, on Monday, were Hamas operatives, Hamas terrorists. Right. And that was true of every day, that the vast majority of those killed were activists of Hamas. Did a few people get caught in the crossfire? Absolutely. Whose fault was it? Hamas. But the the escalation and how how long that they would have they wanted really to continue this i think was was uh, planned long in advance was egypt's intervention that is being said to have uh, forced Hamas to to start to back off and to stop the uh, mobilization and the people themselves the, the people in gaza the vast majority of them had nothing to do with it well if, that, if that's the case then i'm assuming today is is much quieter and calmer than earlier days this week. Yes, and, and every day. Yesterday, I think uh, the, the um, Tuesday was less than thirteen hundred, and now I don't think any in particular. There was no reports of. Uh, I mean, and, and people don't want to die. People, you know, they they can excite them. You have a few people who want to be martyrs, but frankly, if you look at some of the movies of the bodies that were laid out for display for the media, you can see them moving. You see them talking to the people underneath the sheets. I mean, this is a mockery, and and the whole thing that that uh, that has taken place—that people fall for the Hamas lies as they did for Hezbollah, as they do for other terrorist groups—and are so ready to gang up on Israel to join the campaign. The Human Rights Council is meeting now, calling for investigation. What's to investigate? You have people try to cut through an international border. All these countries that say we want the 67 borders, 67 borders, are, are not willing to defend the 67 borders. Israel is there. You hear people at NPR and elsewhere talk about the occupation, the occupation which doesn't exist. And they, they came with wire cutters. Hamas people showed it, and they, and they are, uh, you know, boasted about the goal was to cut through, to get into the Israeli side, to take hostages, to kill to to uh, go back to their villages and who knows what to do to get their great-grandparents' homes. We know the vast majority are not really refugees. There is a, a, a report of the U.N. that's being suppressed that says the real number of, of refugees is 30,000 and today because these are derivative generations and the... the um, you know, the way the media is portraying this, and, and even in Israel, the media put shifting the onus onto the spokespeople for, for the IDF. There's nothing the IDF could have done. They could have stood in their heads. There was nothing that they could do that would have made much of a difference with a media that just immediately jumps on the side of, of the terrorists 
doesn't consider that there isn't a single country in the world that would allow this situation to obtain. All the countries that are building fences and borders to protect their their borders and, and their mainland, Israel simply protected its citizens. There was no option. Nobody had an idea. Did they try? These people are saying now, why didn't they use water cannons? Because they did use water cannons. Why didn't they use smoke? They used smoke. Why didn't they use the, the uh, drones with uh, tear gas? They used them, and they but also, it didn't work. And they also dropped leaflets warning them to get out of the way. And consistently warning them what, what the response would be, telling them. So these are not innocent victims. These are people who warned, were warned, understood exactly what, what uh, they were engaged in. Many of them, I think, forced to, to do it. Some were paid to do it. And, uh, and we know that Iran... Uh, was um, supplying additional cash for for it to happen. So Hamas, Iran, the PA, they're all responsible. If, in fact, I'm associating what you've told us in the past with this episode, they've basically they're basically responsible for the supply um, uh, the supply chain stopping into the Gaza area because you've told us that you know water, medical supplies, other things provided by Israelis. You know, are are brought into that area when when it's peaceful times or when it's quiet. Let's put it that way. I assume even, that, I even assume. when it wasn't quiet, Israel sent in every day tons of food, medicines, fifty three uh, uh, um, fifty three trucks of food were turned away. Were turned away at Karen Shalom when Israel was sending letting them go through into Gaza. They were turned back. The fourteen trucks of medicines. And medical equipment was allowed in, and you can be sure that uh, Hamas is selling it and and collecting on it. But the food stuff was turned back. Now you tell me what is the rationale behind that? That they're willing to let people starve? That they're willing to deny them the food in order to create these false impressions, as with everything else? And and some of it being caught on tape, and you see it as on the uh, on the internet now about as I told you the fake bodies, which is something we saw years and years ago. And the the um, um, and and Karen Shalom itself, they came and they rioted there. They they cut the fuel lines. They did uh, a lot of damage to the infrastructure in Israel. Yet maintained it open. They are trying to repair the fuel lines, but but they're cutting off the sustenance for their own people as part of this. Um, you, we keep hearing about uh, people, young people, and others who want money. Frankly being paid to uh, to engage in these protests and get as close to the border as possible. Silly question, maybe, but but do they literally hand out cash? Like, is this how it works, that they, they simply go around and recruit people by offering them money? Of course. Simple as that. Simple as that. And they people, this is not the first time, it's not the, and it won't be the last time, where they, you know, because everything is based on a kleptocracy. Everything is uh, it, 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 in the whole... A region between the PA and in, in the West Bank, in Gaza. And that's why people are sick and tired of it. That's why the, they've lost the goodwill that they had in the Arab countries, because they look at the billions of dollars that were poured in there, and they say, where is all this gone? And now Hamas, looking to cover for its own shortcomings and, and protect the kleptocracy that it has, and because a lot of the countries, you know, cut them off and try to give the money directly to projects instead of to them. But you saw it even with the import of cement, humanitarian cement, they called it at the time, that Israel then allowed it to go in. And we know that it gets diverted to tunnels. Another one was found last week, and, and huge amounts go into the, 
um, into this. The the Iranians, uh, the justice-seeking student movement in Iran, offered a reward of $100,000 to anybody who blows up the U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. Wow. So are they being paid? Yes, they're being paid. Wow. And it's not new. It's not something that we see for the for the first time. And uh, and when left to their own devices, believe me, most of the people would rather work, would rather feed their families, would rather be living in a in a more peaceful environment. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Honline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. I know that um, it, 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 it's likely pointless uh, to complain to you about the following, but it just it, it is so disturbing to me, and I don't know, and to so many others, and I don't know how to react. When you see members of our own community and commentators who are from, some of them from survivor families, out there condemning Israel the way they are and making outrageous claims, and if you've seen the video, a, a campus where 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 Jewish kids don yarmulkes and talitot and then say Kaddish with names of all the Gaza victims, it is it's 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 a it's a level of absurdity that I know repeats itself each and every time. But as you know, and you can hear in my voice, it's so frustrating to all of us. Where have we gone wrong that young people in our community are going? I am not, you know, questioning the Tzalem Elohim element of everybody on this planet, but to go ahead and and memorialize those who have declared they want to murder every Jew around? It is obscene. It is a a sad commentary uh, about the level we have reached. Part of it is because we have not done the job we should collectively uh, to educate our young, not when they're 18 and off going off to campus, but to inoculate them throughout their years, giving them the facts, letting them know so they can be confident in standing up. There is a, you know, the mood now in, in, on campus. And if they would just look at the facts, don't, don't come out because you're a Zionist, or, or, but, but look objectively at the facts of what, of what we see and the, the um, connections that exist between these terrorists and their, their involvement and the, um, uh, the fact that, that every day there are revelations about the money that, that is being um, sent by, by Iranian fronts and why the new sanctions against the central bank because they found that, of Iran because they find out that they're taking U.S. dollars to blacklisted uh, the Quds forces and to uh, other terrorist entities that the, uh, the their level of their repression in their own country, which is uh, astounding, the, um, uh, the murder that they are engaged in, the very people they're defending, that they're standing up to, who are engaged, Hamas, Hezbollah, are, are terrorist organizations who suppress their own, who kill their own, let alone engaging in terrorist attacks, attacks and uh, threats uh, globally and regionally. So it's not because they have facts it's they get incited to to these actions, and we try to understand it. It's it is relatively small numbers. You know, Australia can blame Hamas for it. Other countries around the world blame Hamas for it. Even during the United Nations right. uh, debate, and thank God Nikki Haley, uh, the United States blocked uh, a Security Council statement 
calling for an investigation because <laughs> there's nothing to investigate and and put the onus clearly on Hamas and uh, said it was a gruesome, unfortunate propaganda attempt and for which people paid again with their lives. And they, you know, they're talking about a right to return. They're talking about old lines going back, you know, 60, 70 years, which are no longer relevant and which they tried to, to resurrect as a, as I said, as a, as a diversion. And, uh, and they would know how, how this was planned, how they exploited the people, how they are willing to use live human fodder and, and have human shields to send children and women to, to, to die. And, uh, and that in fact, Israel, acted with restraint. I spoke to, to ambassadors. I met a president of a country this week. I spoke to many people, um, uh, Muslims, uh, observers, including Arabs, and most of them blame Hamas and, and recognize the fact that this is, uh, um, that they are responsible uh, for the violence and that Israel has not the right to defend itself, as some said. They have the obligation to defend themselves. So you're right. We saw on campuses uh, these activities. We've seen, uh, and, uh, and no doubt we will see a rise in attacks in Europe and elsewhere. The um, University of Heidelberg yesterday, by the way, rejected a BDS effort, mm. and so did some others in Europe, which are major universities, which is important. But the mood there and the consistency of the of the anti-Semitic uh, expressions and attacks is certainly increasing. You know, England, France, Britain, every day there's at least four attacks in each of those countries reported against Jews. The vast majority in France, their Jews are 1% of the population and 40% of the attacks are against them. So the, the, you know, people talk about Islamophobia, but they don't realize that anti-Semitism far exceeds the number of attacks against um, Muslims, which are not acceptable either. And the you know, there's so much distortion and misrepresentation. It is almost impossible sometimes to to listen to the news reports and the one-sided reports that um, media, public media, especially, uh, which, you know, should be accountable given the fact that the public is supporting it, as opposed to regular commercial radio. And then there's the the Hollywood honchos, or, or as I call it now, the Bette Midler stupidity. Making statements that were completely uneducated, not knowing any of the issues, and simply uh, condemning Israel without any, without any, uh, without any background, without any knowledge of what's really going on there. Exactly, they they have they pontificate, they are able to express themselves, which they have a right to do. But at least it should be an educated uh, expression, and that people should derive the conclusion about what is what is right for them to do as a result. Oh, and then I have to ask you, well, you just mentioned the media. Uh, I, I, we made a major issue of this this week, and many of our guests cited it as well. The Daily News uh, uh, front page on Tuesday after uh, Ivanka Trump unveiled the uh, the embassy seal at the ceremony on Monday. I'm sure you saw that front page cover. I mean, I don't think outrageous is frankly a strong enough word for that. I, I agree fully. I, I saw it a couple hundred times, I think, in all the emails <laughs> I got of it and uh, messages about it. it. You know, to put Ivanka Trump on the front page and to call her daddy's little ghoul oh. is is disgusting and, and inappropriate and unacceptable. But then to say that, 50, that Israel slaughtered 55 people in Gaza, slaughtered people who are attacking 
and the Daily News of New York paper can say these this outrageous um, allegation charge. Think of what 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 the response could be. People pick up a newspaper and they see that Israel slaughtered fifty five people. And now they're saying, you know, their children died, not so much of it, which is mythology. I'm sure there were some who died because they were put there in in harm's way. There was a guy in a, in a wheelchair pulled up, uh, pushed up to the front. And when he, he could see that he was getting uncomfortable and resisting, and all of a sudden he got up and walked away from the, the wheelchair. And the so the, this is all staged. It's all fake news. It's all outrageous. But for them... To engage in it, and if people didn't, whoever read it and whoever sent it, I told them it's your obligation. Make your voice heard to the Daily News. Let them know. Newspapers today are on the edge; they don't have circulation. People, you know, have turned to other means of of uh, communication on, on the internet and and in uh, in other ways that where they get their news, not from the printed papers. So they they are sensitive to this. But they've got to make your voice heard. It's, it's not a question of whether they have a right to criticize Israel. They have the right. Israelis criticize Israel, too. But this is outrageous. Also a good opportunity, then, to remind everybody that uh, if they have not yet called the White House, 202-456-1111, uh, everyone who's uh, in favor of this uh, embassy move and enjoyed this week and understands the importance of it in the context of Modern Jewish history and Jewish history in general should contact the uh, White House and express appreciation uh, for what the president, uh, in fact, did this week. And um, it, it seems it seems that, uh, well, obviously the president of the United States, this wouldn't have happened without him, but the vice president had a major contribution to all this. It was extremely important to him, it seems, that this happened, that the embassy be moved. And uh, frankly, Ambassador David Friedman is getting... Uh, Tremendous accolades for his work behind the scenes. Also extremely important to him that this happened. And some of the people, and by the way, this can remind you and others of the establishment of the State of Israel 70 years ago when the majority of people uh, in that room with Ben-Gurion were not in favor of founding a state. But five minutes after it was declared, all of a sudden hopped on the bandwagon. There were people, Malcolm, and I'm sure you can confirm this, that were at that ceremony who fought against this move. And then, of course, you know, supported it once it happened. So those who really worked for it and made it happen need to be acknowledged. Well, first of all, I agree with you about all the people you mentioned, Ambassador and others. Uh, I did see Vice President Pence. He was truly celebratory uh, of the outcome. Wow. He spoke at the embassy, had an event, the Israeli embassy on Monday night, a reception for the Israel 70th, and then... Uh, also, uh, they had 70 for 70, where they gave medals to those who contributed to the creation of the state and celebrating the 70th anniversary. I accepted one uh, for the Jewish organizations and their contribution to it. Uh, most of the people named are no longer with us, but it was very important uh, symbolically and a beautiful recognition. Uh, so, and the vice president is deeply committed, John Bolton, deeply committed, Pompeo, deeply committed, Nikki Haley, deeply committed to this and to the sustaining the U.S.-Israel special relationship. I had a chance to talk to, to many of them, and, and uh, there's no diminution. This is not, you know, the end game that, that they move the embassy, but a continuing part of the U, of U.S. policy to strengthen the ties uh, with Israel. And the the criticism, you know, the the 95 legislation, 
which now so many people take credit for. <laughs> uh, I could tell you how many of those very same people did not support us when we did it, and we worked, and Senator Moynihan, who does not get mentioned, who deserves. You know whose uh, name came up a lot this week in conversations about this here? Bob Dole. I didn't realize Bob Dole's role in all this. Bob, Bob Dole was supportive of the leadership of both houses. Remember, the vote right. in the Senate was 90 to 0. Right. And and even President Clinton deserves recognition because I went to him about it, and he assured us that he would not veto the the legislation that if it passed. So because you know he could have a pocket veto, but he said he would not, and that uh, and allowed it to become law. And we had an event in the rotunda, and Prime Minister Rabin, who had promised me when I told him we were pushing for this legislation, he said, "If you get it passed, I will come." And the night before the vote, I called him. And I said, you remember the promise you made? Well, tomorrow the vote's going to take place, and we're going to try and do an event. And once I had the date, we called him, and he said, I promised, and I'm going to fulfill the promise. And he got on a plane, and he came, and he told me it was one of the great days of his life. And unfortunately, his life was not to be much longer, because uh, he was assassinated not long after that. Right, but later that year, right. And and he told me at on the occasion in the rotunda with the Hundreds of members of Congress and, and leaders, he said, this is one of the greatest days of my life. And he gave a speech about my Jerusalem that was very personal and so moving. And Moynihan uh, participated. I spoke there. I know Shoshana Cardin, the chairperson of the conference. We had the, the uh, leaders of both houses. It was an amazing event. And, and it, people really thought then that we'd actually get to see the, 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 the well, the recognition of, of United Jerusalem as the capital of Israel was in and of itself a tremendous achievement. But we would hope that the embassy, and they built in the waiver because of presidential prerogative, uh, and now finally President Trump decided not to exercise the waiver and to move ahead in all the threats of what this would do to America's standing in the region and all the rest, came to naught. Well, with this, and, and that was seriously a beautiful description of the, the bipartisan nature uh, in Washington at that time of the uh, Jerusalem Embassy Act, the uh, Jerusalem Act. Um, with that in mind, it must have been disappointing to you. And I'm sorry for asking you a quote-unquote political question because I know it's sensitive. Yeah, it no. must have been disappointing to you that not one member of the Dem- of the active Democratic Party was in attendance in Jerusalem. Look, I think Jerusalem is and should be a bipartisan issue. Israel should be a bipartisan issue. We do not want to see any divisions along ideological or political lines, and that's why we work very hard to shore up support in some of the weaker flanks of of the Democratic Party in particular, because the Republican Party support is is pretty strong. But amongst the Democratic members of of, uh, the House and Senate, it is still very strong. I don't know who was invited. There are Democratic members who say that they weren't invited to the events in the White House or in Jerusalem. So somebody has to find out what the truth is about it. But remember that they voted for it and they supported it. And uh, many of them made speeches in, uh, in favor of it. If they decided to opt out for political reasons, I think it's regrettable. We cannot allow Israel to become uh, a partisan issue or a political football between the parties. We want everybody's support. We need to sustain it as much as we're euphoric about this moment. You look at the challenges on the horizon and the need to sustain the aid to Israel, the, um, all the special uh, relationship aspects between them, and it's not something you can take for granted. All right, um, 
couple of minutes left before we ask Rabbi Yudin to speak about the next three days. Um, so first, uh, you know, in the aftermath of the of of the uh, Iran deal situation. So now, what is the status of U.S. sanctions against Iran? What uh, companies and countries are participating? What, what is happening now that wasn't happening, uh, you know, two weeks ago? Well, first of all, uh, sanctions are being, quote, snapped back, which means that they are developing sanctions against various countries. You saw that Total, which said it would never withdraw the, the French uh, energy company, announced that they're pulling out of a major, major investment in in Iran. And I think many others will follow suit that they, they have to face the choice of doing business with the U.S. or doing business with Israel. Well, they're going to do, I mean, the United States, they're going to do right. business with the United States. When the, the administration uh, sanctioned the central bank of Iran, very important because they're using the money, they're laundering money that goes to terrorist organizations. The um, There will be additional sanctions, both about companies, but also against foreign companies, that are continuing to do business in violation uh, of the sanctions. And I think that we'll see Aerobus and others, including Boeing, uh, reconsider because, in fact, those planes are not used for commercial purposes. Iran, to a large degree, is, is a bluff. You saw now that they deny that they're the ones who, who shot the missiles into, into Israel. Mm even though Hezbollah right away said, it's not us, it's not us, and, and they, they're sort of blaming the Syrian army. But Israel's response to it was so effective, and hitting 50 sites simultaneously, I mean, much, almost all of the infrastructure of Iran was impacted, and they don't even know how to digest that now. It's not a great power in that sense. It is. It, it takes minimal amounts of money to spread terrorism, to and and exploit weaknesses that they encounter and if they would and when they find the kind of determination that we saw this week and then they find terrorists generally will back down they because they're cowards by nature that's why they're terrorists and not military fighters and i think the the um, um, the point you make about about the, what has changed is that we now have iran facing a new reality the europeans facing a new reality they have to make choices now and while they met with the Zarif this week and they again said they endorsed, they had, did not reach an agreement with him, the foreign minister of Iran, about what the nature of, uh, of any changes and stuff which they uh, claim that they want to see. We know that they're continuing to support, Iran is supporting the whole network of terrorists who threatened them as well inside their countries in Europe, not just uh, outside in, in, in the Middle East. So... I mean, I think that the the changes are just beginning, that you're going to see many, many more sanctions coming down, effective sanctions targeting, hopefully, the energy and banking sectors, uh, which will further cripple the economy of uh, of Iran. And uh, the people, I think, in Iran, the majority, are willing to accept these these uh, deprivations that are entailed with it. For one, they, they don't get to see the money anyway. It all goes to the... Supreme Leader's House and the IRGC who control 40% of the economy. Um, but they're willing to if it means that, they're, that they can bring about the prospect of a different situation in Iran. Finally, Malcolm, after many of us you know, brushed up on our history of the Jerusalem Embassy Act and saw how important the congressional uh, uh, decision and vote was in, in getting this process started, even though it took 22 years, uh, there is a rumor out there uh, at least in social media, that Congress or members of Congress are now considering 
recognizing Israel's sovereignty over the Golan Heights, and maybe with the same results eventually, like the Jerusalem Embassy Act. Any truth to this rumor? There is truth to it, that there, there, that there are some people in Congress have uh, proposed an initiative like this. I, I don't know uh, that right now, given all that's going on... Uh, oh, I thought the opposite, that they're doing it dafka because of what's happening on the border and with Syria. They are. Uh, yes, exactly. But I'm saying to you, I don't know how others will respond ah, good point, because right. of the sensitivity of the moment. Right. Some are saying now's the moment to, to declare it because, you know, Israel's protecting it. And, there, you know, there was a U.N. resolution that called for Israel's withdrawal from Golan. Just think about what that would mean now under these circumstances if they withdrew and, and, and the Syrians and the other the militia, the, the 80,000 members of the Iran militias, the IRGC, all of the others would have access or be able to come closer to it. The Israel, thank God, keeps a buffer zone and has given warnings and effectuated those warnings with very uh, incredible actions. And, and, you know, you saw quickly any of the people's comments about it, you know, dissipated in the, in the light of the Gaza developments. But you didn't see those attacks replicated in the north. You know, they did not incite Hezbollah and people in Lebanon to start challenging and doing the same thing. It is a danger that we may see it there. We may see it on the, in the West Bank. We might see it from uh, other places where they will try to to replicate some of those, uh, the marches and the challenges to Israel's borders and, and sovereignty. But it didn't happen. So the, the, I think that some who are proposing this, I, I wouldn't anticipate that it's going to happen very soon. I can't let, I know I'm totally behind schedule here. I, I just can't let you go without reminding everyone, especially before Yontif, when there's going to be so many opportunities to sit with our children and grandchildren, friends and relatives and people in the neighborhood, etc., and discuss this. Uh, just people have to understand it's sometimes difficult to see the forest from the trees when you're, when you're living through it. But this week, you know, as I always say, our grandparents, our ancestors, those from hundreds of years ago, thousands of years ago would have given anything for a week like this. And would, I would never believe, tell somebody, Malcolm, tell your grandparents that they would have seen a day like this in a, in a, in a Jewish state of Israel that's now 70 years old. They never would have believed it. When the world tried to take it away, when the United Nations votes to take off the Jewish names and Christian names of the of all of our holy sites in Jerusalem, of the Kotel, the Harabais, the Kever Rachel, Rachel's tomb, the the Cave of the Patriarchs, all of them, here comes the greatest power on earth and declares Jerusalem is the capital. The president goes to the Kotel and says, "This is a Jewish holy site," and says to him that the whole world can dance around and and stand on their heads. But this is a fact that is created, and the and the celebration of Yerushalayim, and you know when we say Lashana Habab Yerushalayim, and we don't do anything, we don't say anything, then we haven't said it. That's what the Gemara teaches us. So the the chance this week, and talk about the archaeological discoveries again this week, the amazing things that that have come up that they can, which. Uh, all of which substantiate Tanakh, that the kids can see in tangible ways, that you can show them how every single discovery validates the biblical accounts by geography, by description, and uh, many more discoveries that are going to come out in the next weeks, every one of them a remarkable reaffirmation. So at a time when we celebrate Matan Torah, when we reinforce our commitment to the Torah and, and the great heritage that we were given and privilege, got to prove it. And this is one way to do so. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful Shabbos in Yantav. We'll speak again, Amir Tashem, next week. Thank you.
Have a good Yantem, Shabbos, and good Yantem. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us Fridays with the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Candlelighting 749, way behind schedule. I apologize. At this time, each and every Friday morning, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomrei Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. And today, no doubt, um, a discussion about the holiday of Shavuos as well. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody, and good Erev Yom Tov, everybody. Wow, what a special Shabbos this is. We start the fourth book of the Torah. We read Parshas Bamidbar. As we do every year before, we receive the Torah. And we do all our preparations today, meaning on this day, Friday, because we go from Mirza Hashem Shabbos till Motsoi Shabbos when we welcome the Yom Tov of Shavuos. So the first thing that I'd like to say is, interestingly, regarding Bamidbar, let's not lose sight of that, there are no mitzvos of the 613 in Parshas Bamidbar. What you do have is the counting of B'nai Yisrael, whereby the rabbis tell us, as Rashi brings it at the beginning, that this counting shows his love for the Jewish people and you have to ask yourself, why? Why was the Torah given in a midbar, in a desert? And I'd like you to discuss this at your table tonight, at your table tomorrow. And there are many different answers. I'd like to suggest a simple one, that the desert is an environment that naturally man cannot live, cannot exist. He required a supernatural assistance from on high. God provided the mun, the manna, in the desert for 40 years. And this is what sustained the Jewish people. And as the desert is an environment which requires a supernatural kind of existence, so too the Torah is just that, a supernatural kind of existence. Not only our very presence as a people after 3,000 years of constant persecution, as we said almost seven weeks ago, Bechol Dor Vador, Om Demolenu Lechalo Senu, Vakurish Borahu, Matsilenu Miyadam. Why? Why does Hashem save us from the rest of the world and will continue to so do till the end of time? Because we are inextricably bound to Him 
with the Torah. And that is such an important concept. And this is what we celebrate in Mirza Hashem this coming Motsoi Shabbos, Sunday and Monday. Now, let's start with the Rashi at the end of the first chapter of Bereshis. The last Pasuk in Bereshis, verse 31. God saw all which he had made, and behold, it was told Ma'od very good. Vayer vayivoker, it was evening and morning. Yom hashishi, the sixth day. Rashi tells us that all other days are identified without that hey. Yom Hamishi, Yom Revi, Yom Shlishi, second day, third day, fifth day. The sixth day is not only the sixth day of creation, but Rashi tells that it is an allusion to the sixth day of Sivan, the day on which the Jewish people received the Torah at Sinai, whereby God made a condition with the natural world, saying that if the Jewish people will accept the Torah, then there's a reason, there's a purpose for this world. And if not, not. That's how important this holiday is. Sad to say, there are many Jews who don't yet understand and appreciate the uniqueness of this day. It will come. They will realize that our core identity only comes because of the Torah. And so, the concept that we have to remind ourselves as to what it is that we are celebrating this Yom Tov, the Yom Tov of Shavuos, this incredible relationship that we have, which started at Sinai. And the truth of the matter is, I'd like you to open up the Chumashim whenever you can over Shabbos Yom Tov to the fifth book to chapter 4 Pasuk 9 and 10 and there you find that according to the Ramban nothing less than two mitzvos and when he analyzes the book of mitzvos of the Rambam he says wait a minute that you missed these two mitzvos a losase a negative law that you're never to forget the experience maimad har sinai and the positive that you are to transmit that which occurred at Sinai to your progeny. And therefore, indeed, according to the Ramban, 
the Kriyas HaTorah that we're going to read this coming Sunday, that of the revelation at Sinai, is not simply a reading to remind us what occurred on that day, but rather it's a fulfillment of a biblical mitzvah, according to the Ramban, Zechiras, to remember Maimad Har Sinai, the revelation at Sinai. And why is that? Now, interestingly, in contrast to the second set of tablets of Luchos that was given to Moshe, after Moshe breaks the first set, in Kisisa, chapter 34, Pasuk 3, there you have the exact opposite and contrast to what happened at Sinai. At Sinai, there were approximately 2 million souls there. 600,000 men between 20 and 60, at least an equal number of women, older people, younger people, as well as Erevrav. There's more than 2 million souls present. And at the second time, when God gave Moshe the Luchos Shnihos, the second set of Luchos, right on Yom HaKippurim, Ishlo Yale Imach, Moshe alone was on the mountain. And Rashi cites from the Tanhuma, the Rishonos, the first ones, the first set of tablets were given with fanfare, with thunder, lightning, fire, and a great multitude. The evil eye, unfortunately, was able to set in, and hence they were, unfortunately, destroyed. Rashi goes on to say that the second ones were given in modesty. So the obvious question, why give the first ones with such fanfare? And the answer is, and I'm sure there are many answers, but one very important answer is in order that the participants at Sinai and I use the word participants as opposed to spectators. Each of the people that were there at Sinai experienced Nevoah. It's not enough that they heard God speak to Moshe. They heard God speak to them. They each experienced prophecy. If you experienced prophecy, you'd know it, and they did and you would tell it over to your children, and they did. And therefore, could you imagine 600,000 men, each one telling the same lie to their children? Impossible. They each said it the same way. Lahavdol elef abdolos, right? Our children and grandchildren that were born after 9-11. And they're going to say, was there really a 9-11? And each one will tell it to their children in such a way that, yes, their parents experienced it. We experienced, we were there at Maimad Har Sinai. And therefore, this was passed down from generation to generation. And this has buttressed and made our 
commitment to Torah min shamayim that Torah is divine, and it came to the Jewish people from Sinai. This is the very foundation of our peoplehood, and this is what we are celebrating in Hashem on this forthcoming Yom Tov of Shavuos. The tour in Orachayim Simon Mem Zayin adds, why are there really two brachos that we say every morning, Birchas HaTorah? The first bracha of La'asok B'divrei Sora, we are to engage in study Torah, to delve into Torah. And the second blessing, Asher Banu, He chose us, God, Mikolo Amim, from all nations, Venosan Lano Es Torah So, and he gave us his Torah. Says the tour that every morning when we say this bracha, pause for a moment and just remind yourself that he gave us the Torah in an environment of Sinai. We're to remember Maimad Har Sinai every morning because that reminds us of this inviolable immutable teaching of Torah min shamayim the idea that our Torah is divine, that God gave this incredible gift to the Jewish people. Interestingly, regarding Shavuos, there are no biblical mitzvos for the individual meaning there's no lulav a shofar, a sukkah, or a matzah. There's one biblical mitzvah for the Jewish people, when we will have the third Beis HaMikdash, and we will, that on Shavuos, the, there was a mincha, a meal offering of wheat, brought to the Beis HaMikdash, two loaves, and I have to tell you, Seven weeks ago, on the second day of of Pesach, there was a mincha of omer, a measure of barley. Barley is the food you give your animals. And on Shavuos, we have the mincha of wheat, because wheat is what you give to your people. And so... Shavuos is a kind of graduation. We graduate from barley to wheat. From Pesach, when we brought a carbon of barley, to Shavuos, when we bring a carbon of wheat. Interestingly, while there are no mitzvos unique to Shavuos, the Shulchan Aruch does record three popular minhagim customs, just to review them very quickly. Number one, the staying up all night. The traditional reason given is because, come on, the Jewish people overslept. Now, how could we sleep the night knowing that we were going to get the Torah the next day? And one beautiful answer is that the Jewish people thought they would receive the Torah literally in the form of a chalom, which is the way God, a dream, which is the way God communicated with all other prophets except for Moshe, that Moshe was awake 
all of the prophets had their prophecy in their sleep. They thought that was the way. Moshe had to wake them and say, you guys are getting an upgrade. God is going to communicate with you directly while you are awake. That's how significant this momentous moment was. And therefore, they slept. Well, we stay up learning Torah all night in excited anticipation for the morning when we receive the Torah. The second one is that at our homes and in the synagogues, we have greens around to remind us of the miracle that Har Sinai in the mountain was full of green pasture because the Torah warns that the animals would not and should not go up on the mountain. They would be attracted to the mountain because of the growth that was there at the time, showing us that Vayosem, like the prophet Yeshayahu says, Vayosem midbara ke'eden, that Torah transforms a desert literally into a garden. And finally, the third minhog is that of eating dairy. And while it's wonderful to have some dairy, we are to remember it's still Yom Tov, and Yom Tov requires to have basar v'yayin, meat and wine with our meals, and therefore consult your local Orthodox rabbi for guidance in terms of how many meals, etc. But the idea is that once again, we are reliving the past, that when they came down, Moshe, from Har Sinai, hey guys, you can't use those utensils that you had until now. That knife that you had, you can't use anymore for shechita until it is properly kashered, etc. And so, because they could not eat meat at that time, we they ate dairy. We remind ourselves by having some dairy on Shavuos as well. Let's just maintain and realize how exciting this forthcoming Yom Tov is. Ashrenu Matov Chelkeinu, how privileged and fortunate are we that Hashem shared and continues to so do to share his treasure with us. A good Shabbos and a good Yom Tov to all. Amen.
Words from Megillat Rut that we uh, say on uh, Shavuot. There it is at uh, JM and the AM. That's Kolachai. Friday morning, day 48 in the counting of the Omer. Six weeks, six days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Terror of Shabbos Parshas by Midbar. New York, 749 is your candle lighting time. 740, excuse me, 749. 
Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills has the Dr. Simon Lapata Shavuos Forum this coming Monday, the second day Shavuos following Mincha at 7 p.m. at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills. The topic is Shivos Refusing Secular Education, the Legal and Social Implications. Uh, presenters include Daniel Rosenthal, the New York State Assemblyman, Debbie Spiro from Israel on the impact in Israel, Rabbi Yoel Schoenfeld, Murad de Austria, Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills, and moderator Rabbi Stuart Verstandig. All happening Monday, second day until following Mincha at 7 p.m. at the Young Israel of Kew Gardens Hills. There's Shavuos program. Check it out. Get ready to enjoy. Um, don't forget OHLOXC. They are looking for their 500th participant. When they get it, they receive an anonymous family foundation donation of $100,000. So if you've been considering doing the uh, OHLXC, the uh, OHL Extreme Classic, um, we're encouraging you to decide, yes, <laughs> do it. It's happening a week from Sunday. It's ohloxc.org. Ohloxc.org uh, for all the information. Ohloxc.org. The um, the 25th uh, anniversary yard site commemoration for the Rub is happening Wednesday night at Congregation Shomri Amuna on Yuganot Avenue in Englewood, New Jersey, where Herschel Schachter and Rabbi Menachem Ganak are both going to be presenting. Information, uh, contact the OU or contact Congregation Shomri Amuna. Huguenot Avenue in Englewood, New Jersey. That's happening Wednesday night at, uh, well, 7.55 is Mincha, then the program, and then Marif. Excuse me, so that's happening on uh, Wednesday night. The next time we're here is Tuesday. The next time we are here is Tuesday. Keep that in mind. Next time we're here is Tuesday. By the way, our friends at Uden's Appliances, they're closed Shavuos, but they're going to be open open Memorial Day weekend. They are closed Shavuos, but they'll be open Memorial Day weekend if you're looking for uh, the kosher appliance specialists for Uden's Appliances. Again, they will be available Memorial Day weekend. They feature Wolf and Sub-Zero appliances that are Star Case certified. Again, they're closed Shavuos, but they're open Memorial Day weekend. Just search Uden's appliances online. And I remind you that in the mail, likely by the time you open your mail after Yuntiv, you will have a letter from us here at the JM and the AM and the Nachum Siegel Network about supporting the Foundation for uh, Jewish Broadcasting, FJB. Uh, that's the foundation that keeps us going. That's how you're able to hear us every single day uh, because of your support um, uh, here at, uh, at our amazing network. So please, when you get the envelope, give as generously as you can, FJB, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. And also, you can go online before Yontif if you want. Today, you can go online, fjbunity.org, fjbunity.org, Foundation for Jewish Broadcasting. And you can give very generously even before Yontif, and we greatly appreciate it. So today, um, Naomi Nachman with an encore presentation of Table for Two coming up next. Then uh, Mark Zamek, Erev Shabbos Show, sponsored by our wonderful friends at Kedem. One o'clock for Harry Rothenberg's uh, a vlog about the Parsha of the week. Uh, that's coming up at one. And then, of course, our Arab Shabbos music mix brought to you by our friends at Kedem all the way until candlelighting time at 749 here in New York City. So it is a, uh, a full day. And the next time we speak to you is Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning live with bonus JM preceding JM in the AM this coming Tuesday after the two-day holiday outside of Israel, Sunday and Monday. All right? That's how. And don't forget Yisker 
Outside of Israel is Monday. In Israel, it's Sunday, but outside of Israel, Yisker is said this coming Monday. Uh, more coming up uh, as we continue in our final few minutes before Shabbos and Shavuos at JM in the AM. Be a 
Words from tomorrow's Haftorah. Thank you, Mark Zamek, for reminding me. That's Maishi Menlowitz off of the Sheer Shlomo Yehuda Rechnitz album. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos. Time to say good Shabbos and good Yom Tov. As we get set for Shabbos, and then, of course, the holiday of Shavuos at JM and the AM. Shining through the trees Another week's gone by Become a memory So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good job Done. Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One. Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine. Man and his creator, it's a very special sign. Your candles will be burning. Songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do Go on home and find a gift That's waiting there for you Oh, it's time to say good Shabbos Cause all your work is done Spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator is a very special sign
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSiegel.com, on the NachumSiegel Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week here at the NachumSiegel Network and JM in the AM, and I thank all of you for tuning in. Don't forget, uh, Tuesday morning we are back. Tuesday morning we are back. Have a wonderful Shabbos, a great, great Yom Tov. Um, Naomi Nachman's next encore presentation of Table for Two. Mark Zomik with the Arab Shabbos show coming up, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Plus, of course, the Arab Shabbos music mix all through the day. Plus, Harry Rothenberg is on at 1 p.m. with the uh, video blog of uh, the Torah portion of the week. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Great Yontav. Until next week, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future. Yeah.